added time is supported by Fitbit. Get real-time insights on you and your world with the Fitbit Versa 2, the all-new premium smartwatch with Amazon Alexa built in, your personalised sleep score and a 5-plus day battery life. It is here. Uh, after a tournament that took, at last count, seven years or so, uh, <laughs> we are finally at the final. Uh, and the two greatest performers of the whole World Cup are uh, involved in this podcast. Uh, Jerry Thornley is keeping the flame alive for us over in Japan. How are you, Jerry? Very good. I was going to actually disagree with that intro because I'm sure you were talking about um, <laughs> England, South Africa, not me and Gav. Of course, Gav's been <laughs> best of all. But yeah, um, I dispute the fact that South Africa will be one of the two best. Yeah, but no. anyway, they're exactly. Here. No, uh, and the and the other greatest is uh, it, in front of me here, the Iron Horse of the Out of Time Rugby Podcast over the last month, Gavin Kunski. How are you, Gav? Not too bad. How's it going? And look at this. You even came in on your day off. Look at that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a few days off now, though, so it's okay. I should hope so. I hope not to see either of you until, like, January or so. Um, Jerry, <coughs> uh, let us... Uh, <laughs> Your yes. European Cup starts in yeah, two I weeks. Was, I, I wanted to draw a discreet <laughs> veil over the fact that the Haino has started in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Any road. Uh, Jerry, uh, the teams have been named. Uh, we're, we're here on Thursday morning or Thursday evening where you are. Uh, give, us, uh, give us the rundown on the teams. Well, as you'd expect for two teams that have made it all the way to the final, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, um, as expected, Eddie Jones gone with an unchanged team. Kyle Sinclair's been past fit, so is Johnny Mays. Needs to say so is Owen Farrell, and he's going with the George Ford-Owen Farrell double playmaker axis at 10 and 12. They obviously want to play with a lot of width, again, as they did um, against New Zealand. And um, whereas uh, Razzy Erasmus just recalls the fit again, Jeslin Colbeam. Once he was going to be fit again, um, he was always like to play. Um, whatever chance South Africa have of winning this match, you'd imagine it would require at least one, if not two, or three moments of uh, magic from Colby with that extraordinary quick feed of his and that acceleration of standing start. So he's back, and that's really the only change. Um, there is one other in the bench for England. Ben Spencer comes in after only just linking up the squad last Monday for the unfortunate Willie Hines has been ruled out. Um, and once again, Razzy Rasmus has gone with his juggernauts on the bench. 6-2 um, split with two more huge locks to replace the two, and entire front five can be changed. And yeah, they, he's looking for another tight game, I'd say, and then to go um, hell for leather, I think, in the last, off the bench in the last quarter. Was that a 6-2 split on the bench expected? Or, or were, I know he'd been doing it all the way through the tournament. Was he still definitely going to do yeah. it in the final? Yeah, he said it right off the top. He goes, this is how we're going to win. We're going to try and crush everybody. We're going to go with bigger players for the last 20, 30 minutes of every game. Um, Rassi has had has held has been no secret about what Rassi's going to do but I, I'd love to get your take on this Jerry though but I actually think that um, uh, Gordon Darcy was like no the, England should not try to go power against power against the box but like Wilson Coles Marler the impact they had against the All Blacks I have a real feeling that the England England might just go toe to toe and just be smarter but do you think like just looking at the two benches because it's so South Africa only win the World Cup if their bench is dominant I think the England bench can match them yeah, I think there's no avoiding um, a power game with the Springboks. You just can't avoid it. Like England kind of want it though as well, don't they? Yeah, well, they're ready for it. I think they're the best team in this tournament equipped to cope with it. Mm. When you think of, you know, Mako Vunapolo and uh, Mauro Toje and Billy Vunapolo and the Kamikaze Quins, Tom Curry and Sam Underhill, who must be the best tackler in the tournament. Um, Farrell in midfield, Tualagi in midfield. So they're equipped to uh, meet them head on. And you saw what they did to... Uh, 
the New Zealand ball carriers, the primary ball carriers up the middle, Kieran Reid, Brody Retallick, Sam Whitelock, you know, Toje and the flankers and the rest of them just knocked them back over the game line consistently. And uh, I think there's be no avoiding it. There has to be some, a huge element of it. Um, the Springboks will insist. Yeah. I'm, I, it, there is, we may as well get into that a little. The, the nature of what this game is going to be. Um, is it, is it dictated, as, as you seem to be suggesting there, Jerry? is it dictated by the way the Springboks are going to play? Um, no, no, not entirely. It's dictated by how both teams play. We know we've got a pretty good idea how the box is going to play. It's been the same manual. Connor Shea called it out in the pool stages. Everybody knows what the box is going to do. But one thing known is another thing stopping it. And so far, the only team that's been able to do so has been the All Blacks. To intuitive, instinctive um, ability to transition from defence to attack so thrillingly and score two converted tries and a penalty in six minutes and thus turn the game its head after suffering all manner of blows physically from the Springboks for the first 25 minutes. So we know that the Springboks are going to launch plenty of bombs in the air. They kicked 30 times in the quarterfinal, they kicked 40 times out of hand and in the semi-final, who knows, maybe they'll go up another notch in the final. They're going to kick plenty, they always do. They look to their maul, try and impose their maul, their scrum. And they launched their straight runners through the middle as well, for sure, come around the corner a lot. Um, I think what the key for England is, A, matching that, but also they have to impose their style as well. Eddie Jones spoke all day long. His mantra of the day was they've got to play without fear. So many times finals are gripped a little bit by fear and people don't want to make mistakes. I think England are going to have to be the ones that gamble that bit more. If there's any way, if there's any way of a kind of a loose kick from... Patrick Clark, Andre Pollard, they've got to keep the ball. I think not just kick it back to South Africa. Well, of course, they have to play a bit of territory, but they don't want to get sucked into that kind of game that Wales got sucked into. They want, they've got two playmakers in the pitch. You saw the way they went balls out at the start of the game against the All Blacks, went wide, wide and up the middle, and then eventually got a try in the second minute. I think they've scored a try in the opening 10 minutes of nine of their 14 test matches this year. So it'll be very interesting to see how the start pans out. So often in these rugby matches, you've got a fair idea who's going to win after five or 10 minutes. Mm. Um, and I think. England will have to impose a really high tempo and use their skills. They've got way more superior skill set, more ambition in their game, and they have to use that as well as their power. I think that's the key. If they can start applying that. That's also, I think, if they get ahead, it's going to be much more difficult for the Springboks to play catch-up rugby. Whereas the Springboks got ahead, England do have the talents to do that. Ford's playing the best rugby of his life. Farrell's a warrior we've spoken about in midfield. But you look like at the two full-backs, like Elliot Daly may be a little bit iffy under the high ball, but my God, he's a really creative, inventive player. He hits the line, passing game, nice short-range kicking game. Willie LaRue's hardly figured in this tournament. He looks completely off-colour and out of source, maybe because he's just not being used the way he should be used. Dropping a lot of ball. So, yeah, I just think I just think that if England get their style going at all, um, that's that's the key. They've got to play without fear, as Eddie Jones kept saying, and he maintains they've got a, a bigger, better performance in them. I don't know if that's possible. They were so they're mm. so consistently excellent in everything they did against the All Blacks. But if they achieve it, even something like seventy, seventy-five percent of that level of performance, they'll win. I'm up for uh, England. I have to say it. I'm up for the semis. See, I've spent a month uh, in Japan with. Uh, Kiwis mm. and South Africans and <laughs> England are sounder. They're, they're, they're more, the more arrogant rugby nations are are not. England aren't that. They've actually. I know Eddie goes a bit crazy in press conferences, but there's a humility there to them. Mm. Um, and uh, South Africa are like they're threatening to ruin the game and ruin rugby and take it, take the World Cup any way possible. But having said that, the most exciting things I've seen at the tournament are Faf de Klerk mm. and Cheslin Kobe, two two Springboks. Like the, if. 
South Africa win if Faf de Klerk is just running the show, which he's done in mo- almost every single game. He's ran the show. Mm. Like I, he outplayed Aaron Smith. Not sure if it was in the World Cup. I think it was actually earlier on in the year in the South Africa All Blacks game. He has the ability to do, but it's he's changing the way even scrum halves play. He's just so dynamic. He's so he's a brilliant player. But the English know him. He's been in South Sharks for a few years, so they might be able to suss him out. Um, Tell me about Colby. Uh, like. How much of a, a a boost is it for them that that he that he can play? Uh, it's it's significant because the winger that was in ahead of him doesn't doesn't how to defend right. or catch a ball. Okay. So, um, that, but that's not great. No, it wasn't great. Uh, brilliant finisher, but but Kobe, uh, we saw it. He lit up the tournament when he almost reeled the All Blacks mm. back in by himself with that stunning few minutes in the second half. He hurt his ankle in that game, mm. and he you could see him in the Japan game. Um, the last match we were there, we were looking down and you could see he was trying to put weight on his ankle and the tough, hard Vermeulen and the boys were like, come on, battle on. This is what we do. And you're right. like, no, he's your porcelain doll. Get him off the pitch. Get <laughs> him off the, him, get yeah. him off. And they lost him for a game because mm-hmm. of it. Like He's been playing on a gammy ankle. And we know, we see now that Joey Carberry was playing on an ankle and Munster aren't going to see him for a while now that he's back here. So, yeah, ankles, you can play on them for a couple of weeks. You can strap it up and all that. But he won't be as superhuman dynamic like PlayStation dynamic that, uh, as Jordan Larmer said about him but uh, any kind of space and the only thing is I think yeah Johnny May will be marking him and Johnny May didn't look as fit as he like you know he didn't have he's a pure sprinter and didn't have it when he had an opportunity against the All Blacks so there might be a small doubt there but these are like tiny little hit and niggles that like how you target to win a game this game is is not been won by any of those things I don't think this game has been won what I say for the clerk is it's been won by who can get hold of the ball and keep it okay. um, it's about like that's why to a certain degree England will go oh we can play your game but just on a slightly more kind of on a slightly more clever uh, dynamic level more dynamic level where we can we can really punish you and definitely score points like the world player of the year I think will come out of this game could be Faf de Klerk or Owen Farrell or possibly Maro Atoje. Maro Atoje yeah. yeah, I think that's that's where that's where it's coming from. Jerry, talk to me about um, the the history of World Cup finals. Uh, how how big a factor have nerves been in these games going back through the tournaments? And have you Enormous, been at them all? Have you been at all the ga- all the finals back to ninety one even? Yeah. No, I wasn't at ninety one. I wasn't at ninety five. First one was 99. Right. But I remember the 91 on TV, and that was 12 6 for Australia mm. after they played brilliantly in the semi final against the All Blacks and Lansdowne Road. Um, and like thinking back to 1995, that was a trial of final. Mm. Thinking back to 2000, when All Blacks won, that's right, when Springboks beat the All Blacks 15 12 with five three pointers. You think back to 2007 when the Springboks won a final against England 15 6 with, guess what, another trial is fair with five penalties to two. Um, you think back to 2011, the All Blacks scraping over the line against France when they choked in the final and giving all manner of help from Craig Joubert to win 8-7. Like four years ago, the All Blacks, the brilliant All Blacks team of four years ago, mm. bucked the trend. It was the highest scoring final we've ever had. So I fear that it could be another. It, it could be like that again. In the sense History that it definitely might be. suggests that. Jerry, but I, yeah, it does. And I, I, the other thing as well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that's unique to rugby mm. union. Oh, you know definitely I mean? not. Happens no. a lot Absolutely. of team sports, yeah, yeah. a lot of team yeah. sports, and you just, you know, it's fear of making a mistake that costs your, your country a World Cup final win. Like that's that's got away heavily. That's why again, Eddie Jones keeps saying playing without fear because that's the key for England that they play without fear. Um, but it is a factor for sure. I think 
a taut, another taut, tight, low-scoring game with them coming down mostly to kicks will suit South Africa because Andre Pollard will nail anything from inside halfway. He's just a magnificent goal kicker. Um, but um, he's not particularly inventive, doesn't have a particularly inventive short kicking game. He likes to sit in the pocket and... I think it's got to be about George Ford and Owen Farrell attacking a gain line and just putting width on the ball and getting Manu Tulagi running and getting them running relatively soft outside edges. You know, get Johnny May running at Cheslin Colby. I think it's just, it really is about England imposing their style in this game. And the more open and fluid it is, and the forecast is good, 16 degrees, bright sun, sunny day, or bright evening rather, um, cool evening. And it should be perfect, no rain around. It should, conditions should suit um, England that bit more than South Africa. I'm sure they'd have loved torrential downpour. Would have suited no end. So I just think, yeah, it's, it, it's maybe it might not be the greatest final in the world. To be honest, I'm not expecting it to be. But Jerry, if England score first, if England score early, that all goes out the window, doesn't it? Because South Africa suddenly have to go where they've never gone before and chase. Well, they chased yeah. against the All Blacks in that second half, and that and that was so entertaining. So it's just all about England getting their early score. I I think. That uh, there's, no, I don't think nerves are going to get hold of this England camp because I've said it to you a couple of times in the pod. I've been watching their Rising Sun YouTube kind of documentary that's about yes, them the whole yes, time. You're very, you're very taken with it, and it's just very well done. It's, mm. it's very clever. Uh, every, it's access to. Well, it looks like it's access to all areas. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's there is access, and they're mm. talking, and there's a level of experience on their team. Like someone like Joe Marler, like just a character who had retired, and mm. then they went, "No, we need you to come back," and he he'd almost come back to, like to be to. Could be part of the group. Um, there's so many elements to the England team where I don't think they're gonna buckle under pressure. I don't like Owen Farrell's not gonna fold. You know what I mean? Like Owen Farrell wasn't fit in the semi-final. He couldn't kick goals, mm. you know, and he still produced that performance. The, well, I was gonna touch on that. The interesting thing that I've seen with England is, I mean, haven't they more or less had their best team all the way through the tournament, all the way through the Six Nations? They've ne- they've had no particular injury worries all year. It's quite remarkable when Isn't you it? look at the injury toll <clears throat> that Wales, for example, I'll get to Ireland in a second, but Wales ravaged by injury mm. to get and were, were were valiant as you could be in a semi final mm. against the box. Played them completely the wrong way, mm. but were valiant. Um, Ireland, if you listen to Schmidt's excuse in the airport mm. after the after All Blacks hammered them, he was like that it was the loss because Samoa broke them up. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and you're like, well, they bro- Samoa broke you up because couldn't beat Japan so you had to keep playing your best players but Ireland literally it's there's as many injuries as there was four years ago when you actually dig into it but England have been England who had an injury ravaged squad for three years effectively no Vunapola no Tuolagi have uh, there has to be luck involved in it but they've also completely nailed it they've no injuries and besides Kobe the South Africans haven't missed any, mm. haven't lost any key players either. It's it's quite remarkable in the era we're living in. Well, especially since you know we're supposed to have this system that protects <coughs> the protects the frontline players. And doesn't it work? England, England clearly does England, not England have caught up. England have caught up on that, Maliki. They've really caught up. I think they had about six weeks holidays as well from the off season compared to Ireland's three weeks, right. which I always would be concerned about. They've caught up. They're managing their game time a lot better now. They, that's why they're so much better now than France are. Like France going out of the quarterfinals when by you know, imploding and shooting themselves in both feet, a game they should have won. It might actually, in both feet. It might actually, <laughs> it might actually benefit them in the long run because had they made a semi-final or a final, it would have masked over all the problems. The club owners could have gone and saying, "Oh, we can go on playing for as much as we want." Like I was talking to a few French journalists, Guillaume Girardo played thirty-six games last season. Others were in the mid-thirties as well. Madness. He was just praying they could get it down to thirty games, and we kind Jeez. of, I kind of laughed at him. He 
kidding me? We None of our players ever get near 30 games. So England yeah. have got their house in order, and it's a big factor in this. That's why they've arrived here fully fit and firing. And they've got so many key players back from injuries, like Tuolagi and like mm. Courtney Laws and others. I mean, they're like new signings. I mean, it's been really well managed by their strength and conditioning department, their fitness department, and the work of their own players. Um, and you have to suppose, suppose I say, Springbok's the same. The All Blacks, I think, for the third-place player, are only missing Ardy Survey as well. Maybe it's just a case of it's definitely luck, Gab. It's party luck. There's always luck with injuries. Yeah, like but I, also, I don't think I it's think, also I think that maybe the Celts just aren't. We're just not big enough and built for this. That's that's this tra- traditional that's, warfare. That's part of it. The RFU hired Nick Winkleman as an expertise in this, and uh, Jason Cameron's been doing a, like a really really good job mm. in the background for ages. But Cameron marked it a year ago. He goes, we were, I don't know how we're going to cope with these five six day turnarounds. Some right. teams have had three four day turnarounds yeah. and they've got through it. You know. Mm. Like, uh, Schmidt kept saying it. Like every time he dangled the the gaps between games in front of Joe, he was all over it. Five minute answer, right? About how this is raw, yeah, this yeah. and that, and he'd covered every base. <clears throat> and you're like, but everyone's the same. But Ireland's the way they look after their players outside of World Cup windows is superb. But when it comes push down to shove, it's a mixture of it can't always be bad luck because everyone has luck, you know, and bad luck. It is the physical uh, nature of it. Irish rugby players can't cope with it. Mm. It's why, also, Gavin, it's why one, a standard one, can play 80 minutes in that in Samoa and do 22 to carries and still be able to, to front up again. There's no other Irish back rows who can do that and CJ Standers from South Africa. And also, Gavin, England had one other major stroke of luck. They had one short turnaround in their two opening games, which they could reasonably comfortably rotate their squad, given yeah. the opposition. Yeah. And then they got their, then they beat Argentina, and then their fourth game against France was cancelled, yeah. which gave them a nice two-week run-in to the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Now, you think back to what the damage inflicted, the collateral damage from Ireland's quarter, uh, sorry, last pool game against France four years ago, mm-hmm. and five of Ireland's best players were ruled out of the quarterfinal. England definitely dodged a bullet there. Go- if they win at the weekend, they're going to be the first team ever to win the World Cup by only winning six matches. Yeah, um, 100%. But how many times, like, Ireland have known about all this for the last two World Cups and they still, like, I really would love to hear when they actually, when the dust settles and they do a proper review. Ten years from now. To explain <laughs> how come, so literally, no matter what, because this was the most, pre- the best prep ever, right? And there, I mean, Always they, is. N- n- yeah, it, it just really was this time. <laughs> they had every base covered and, and then, did I just turn around and go, sorry, we're just, our bones and limbs just can't cope. It's just that simple. Or is there something else going on that other teams can survive longer? And it's like, it, what, what is going on in rugby that Ireland, Ireland just can't cope with the attrition levels of it? But they did arrive with more fit players than the same point four years ago, mm. didn't they? I mean, like, yeah. I wouldn't say physically they were but that sh- damn The first thing Schmidt said was, come to, come Schmidt to said injuries though, Jerry. Remember, straight after yeah. the game, he no. was like, injuries no. got us. Injuries got us in camp this week. And we were like, what injuries? <laughs> Nobody knew anything about this. And then all of a sudden, after the All Blacks put 46 points in them, he was like, injuries. Just after the Wales put, uh, hammered them in Cardiff, it was like, we've had a bug in camp all week. Yeah. Very curious. I say there was a, it was more complaint about that pitch, that surface for the Samoan game and cuts and abrasions more than actual injuries. But anyway. anyway, the World Cup final. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which we were talking about. Uh, Jerry, uh, you cavilled a little uh, uh, in, in my intro at the, the notion, of course, that, that the two best teams are here. I presume it's, it's South Africa that you're talking about are bringing the average down. Well, it certainly couldn't be England. Yeah. They certainly deserve their place in the final. If they win this, it'd be amazing. Four years on from not making it out of the pool stages mm-hmm. in their own home World Cup and the semi-finals onwards became like a private mini rugby championship runoff. They're now about to, if they do this, they'll have beaten the four rugby championship teams in a row, culminating with the rugby championship winners. It'll, so it would be, be a remarkable achievement. achievement. 
it would make them the most undisputed world champions of all time. You just, <laughs> it just brooks no argument. You go out and beat Argentina, Australia, the All Blacks, and South Africa in succession. That just end, that ends all arguments, all discussions. They're you deserving. Think it was possible, worthy Jerry, wins. against with, if the French had been thrown in there, because this it's, I think it's it would have made it much more difficult, much more difficult. Like we were looking much at it going, more. this is why England can't win the World Cup because they have to beat everybody. Mm. Yeah, and they didn't have to beat everybody. And France were, would have been serious enough opponents, judging by their performance in the quarterfinal. But be that as it may, I just think South Africa, like. If they, if they win, they become the first team ever in World Cup history to win the World Cup having lost a match en route. Mm. Nobody else has ever done that before. Now, there's been many matchups between teams that have gone through to the final unbeaten, winning every game, and those who've got there after a pool defeat. And the one that's won their pool and gone through, every game, gone through unbeaten have always come out on top. There's another reason why I just think Destiny seems to be calling this English team, you know. It's just, they're, they're, they've got a lot of players who haven't had the same high achievements as the, as the class of 2003, but I think they've every, there's a load of them in there, Otoje and the Vunapolos and Farrell, obviously, and others, who will deserve to be mentioned in the same breath as the stellar names of 2003, Johnson, Delalio, Hill, you know, um, Johnny Wilkins et al. They're right up there, I think, if they win this game. And uh, I think... I think South Africa are just a little bit lucky to get the, to be there. If you look at their run to the final, they lost the All Blacks, beat Namibia, Canada, um, Italy, Italy. Yeah. down to 14 men. Then beat, who did they beat in the quarters? Japan. And then beat Wales. Like, they haven't beaten one handy. of their fellow Southern Hemisphere teams. It's been a handier run. There's no doubt that the draw was lopsided. Mm. And England have come through much the tougher half of the draw. Well, let's look at the uh, Springboks' power and their strength and how they win the game. Damien Delande is what broke broke True Wales. Say. He's not getting through against Tuolagi and Farrell. It's not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, the mall, the box mall, is everything. It's how it's where they their line out. The line out duel will be for the, the rugby purist. It'll be off the chart. It's going to be so fascinating. But the South African mall, watch Atoje broke the All Blacks mall. He'll come through and watch what they do to him. They'll try and rip his head off as he's trying to muscle through the middle of yeah. Etzebet and all that. You, there'll be there'll be a problem there. There'll be a, a definitely to be a ruction there earlier on because Atoje uh, or Laws they will will try and come through. They'll try and squirm their way through and ruin the ball for Faf de Klerk. And the box will go wild. They'll go bananas at this, and they'll try and bring in Garces is going to have a nightmare with that, but. England will be able to do it. They will be able to disrupt them at their strengths. Mm. I think they'll. Um, I think what happen is South Africa will realise. Oh no, we need to score. We need to find ways of getting balls to the wings, and they haven't done it enough in this World Cup, and that's where they'll struggle. But I, I, I have the sneaky suspicion that we're going to get a really good final mm. <laughs> because because England will score first, because England will get to ten nil or ten three. If not, we know where it's going. But if it gets to that, this game is going to open up because it has to open up. There's no chance, Jerry, that uh, the at South Africa uh, pull a fast one on, on on everybody and and I don't know come out and 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 absolutely target that first ten minutes uh, with something that England haven't seen before something like that possible possible I mean in their in their free and easy runs against uh, Namibia and Canada they actually offloaded quite a lot and seemed to be enjoying themselves mm. and they kicked far less and because they knew they were playing an inferior team they could really indulge themselves and they they did they played some really eye-catching rugby in those games, but generally in their matches to date, um, this would be new territory for them to play really expansively. We haven't seen it. In the rugby and championship, Jerry, they went, they went short side with a lot of clever moves that we haven't seen at the World Cup. Do you remember that? It was like William Rooney yeah. went in as first receiver. Yeah. So yeah. They, actually, they, yeah. they broke open the All Blacks in the rugby championship. So the stuff, they have been practising stuff that they could unleash. 
Um, maybe maybe Felix Jones will have given them a Joe Schmidt power player too that they've been keeping reserved for the final. Yeah, that he was keeping to, 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 to do to Ireland. Are <laughs> <laughs> the ones that we didn't use? They could use those. Oh, there's so there's so many. They're coming. I, they're coming any minute now. <laughs> no, they, 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 you've, you've got a point. They, they can't expect to win the final unless they start getting three 0 six 0 ahead mm. to go on doing what they did in the court in the second half against Japan and for 80 minutes against Wales. They're going to have to vary it up. They're going to have to come up with a few trick plays, at least, um, and try and work Colby into space somehow, one-on-one on the wing, or even one-on-two, because then he's got a good chance. But, yeah, they're going to have to come up with something. I think they will have a surprise or two. Your point about the line-out is interesting, because that's going to be a fascinating battle within the battle. It's the you know, game, They lost yeah. the line-out against Wales last week. It was the first line-out they lost in the tournament on their own throw. Yeah, it's, is that the first one? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. They are a machine at the line. Wow. That was why when I'm sorry for going back about Ireland again. That was why when England dismantled Ireland's lineup back in August, there was a lot of people going, "Oh no, you mm. can't fix this in six in two months. It takes two mm. years, three years to build this." South Africa's lineout and England's lineouts are just like they're the best things you'll ever see. They're like Paul O'Connell was. I'd love to get Paul O'Connell so on TV your, to do a uh, twenty-minute thing, just purring about how good these lineups are. That's what are. you're going to spend uh, the weekend watching. You know, clips of of the of the lineouts of the World Cup final. The other thing, <laughs> the other thing is the other thing as well, lads. Is if it's a one-score game with twenty minutes to go or twenty-five minutes to go, when they start unloading that Brent and bring on RG Snyder for his offloading game and so forth, and just Malcolm Marks is very dynamic around the pitch. Marks they, has been they, the best sub I've ever seen in my life playing rugby. Yeah, isn't yeah, he? he's been brilliant. He's been brilliant. He's been brilliant. He's brilliant against Wales, and it's with a tight finish and it's a one-score game going to the last twenty. They'll fancy their chances hugely, and in a sense, the Wales game will then stand to them because they've been involved in a tight finish. Mm. Only great thing that happened. We'll all start swinging, singing Swing Low down at that stage. No. Kind of to G up, to G up the English bench to match them. Steady on, steady on, steady on. All right, uh, uh, call it both of you. Jerry first. Um, well, I agree with Gab. I'd like to see England win for a lot of reasons. You know, we're closely tied to them. You know, I'm sure um, Eddie Daly, is, I don't know if there's others, but he's got Irish blood on both sides of the family. The, their captain is the son of the Irish head coach. Um, a lot of our friends are English. A lot of but yeah, exactly. All Sandyman people have to stick together. And uh, I just would like to see them win, to be honest, because I think they play a way better brand of rugby. I really do. Mm. Um, I mean, some people, I believe, are giving out about Andy Farrell still being out here. I think it's great the Irish head coach is out here at the final cheering on his son with Colleen. And I, I would like to see them do it as well, just for the brand of rugby they play. And I hope they play in the final. I mean, I just think it would be a far better template for success than the brand of rugby South Africa have been juicing and I just think they've got way more in them I just think they've got way more got more tries in them it might only be one try to nil two tries to nil two tries to one but I just think I just I strongly fancy England to win this one Eddie Jones what has he done to us he's turned like Irish rugby writers into, into English fans steady on I had England. the same feeling in 03 Gav the same feeling in 03 mm. it was good to see them win and you know what it'd be great for the Six Nations as well mm. um, yeah look I, the best team in the world they they showed it back in February when they dismantled Ireland. Mm. Then they didn't show it for for a lot the most of that rest of that Six Nations. Um, you, we've seen it in, in Ireland. Have been on the, the real rough end of it. This England team, Jerry's right. There is legitimate reason already, even before this game, to start comparing them to that O three team. And they're younger. You know what I mean? Mm. There's more in them. This team is going to peak in four years' time, genuinely. And they're. I think they'll figure out anything that South Africa has to throw at them. And I'm I'm throwing it out there that it's going to be, it's going to be an entertaining game. We're going to get a couple of scores because it's in England as well to rip teams open. So mm. South Africa will have to respond. So what? 40, 31? No, I won't go crazy. Like <laughs> 20, 26, 26, 18 or something like that. 
Gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, we have one more to go. We'll talk to you uh, on Monday, God willing, and uh, enjoy it. It's a World Cup final. All right. What yeah. else could you we'll do? Enjoy your last few days in Tokyo. Take it Cheers, easy, Thank you very much. Thank you for coming in, Gav. Uh, thank you to JJ and Declan behind the desk. And uh, we'll talk to everybody on Monday. Cheers, folks. Added Time is supported by Fitbit. With Amazon Alexa built in, your personalised sleep score and a five-plus day battery life, Fitbit Versa 2 takes smartwatches to the next level.